0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode 12 of the Sport Fanatics podcast. Today is July 27th, 2021. My name is Chris. And my name is Jay Mike. Today we're going to be talking about the Olympics uh, update on the NBA draft and an NFL story. Stick with us. Here's the theme. Well, speaking of Japan, let's start with the Olympics in Tokyo, delayed from last year, but finally underway. Albeit in front of very reduced crowds because uh, unfortunately they haven't been able to get vaccinated as much in Japan yet. But nevertheless, the Olympics are underway. We're early on, medal count pretty close. USA out front right now as of the moment of recording with 25, China has 21, and Japan has 18. Now, as far as gold goes, if you just want to look at that, Japan has 10, USA 9, and China has none. Some trends, I guess, loose trends we can kind of go over. So the USA is, of course, dominating in swimming as we're kind of used to at this point.
1: Uh, yeah, how how about Chris? How about that seventeen-year-old Lydia Jacoby from Alaska won the won the gold medal in the women's a hundred-meter breaststroke? Yeah, last night. How about that? A seventeen-year-old.
0: Yeah, it's always well. I mean, a lot of great stories always come out of the Olympics, but yeah, it's just amazing how s- some of these like super young
1: people. She you you and I yeah you and I were in our junior year in high school at 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 ths at whenever we were uh, seventeen yeah it's it's hard to believe that a high schooler (laughs) won a gold medal last night for the U.S. team and
0: yeah I can't imagine swimming being in the Olympics at seventeen years old well and I think the youngest. I'm trying to remember what sport it was and for what country. Uh, Oh yeah, it was skateboarding. Uh, The skateboarder for Japan was a 13-year-old. Yes, and they won gold. That's also something, (laughs) man.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, but it it really it really doesn't surprise me considering. Every time I go to Ballard Park now, you see in Tupelo, that is Tupelo, Mississippi, you see, you see such a, a young group of kids, you know, doing ollies and ollie, ollie oxen free and I'm I'm just, you know, just all kinds of skateboard tricks and stuff like that at the little skate, skate park there. So, so it's, it's really not surprising, but age wise super young especially in the olympics now that you know that that part of it's definitely impressive but well that
0: and she's part of that trend of usa just uh dominating and then there was a
1: new olympic record last night as well and when i mean last night i mean for for all of us here in the u.s of course because yes awkward time it was nighttime yeah but Australia's Kaylee McCown won her first Olympic gold medal with a time of 57.47 seconds in the women's 100 meter backstroke. So that was also to go along with swimming.
0: I guess, real quick, I'll go over second and third. So uh, China's really dominating in a shooting. Like air pistol, air rifle. Now okay. the USA did win the the skeet shooting competition. Uh, Amber English for the women, Vincent Hancock for the men. They got gold. Awesome. But uh, China's doing really well in the air rifle and yeah. uh, also weightlifting. Interestingly enough. Wow. Yeah, they got gold in men's and women's weightlifting. Whoa! Uh, and then Japan,
1: <laughs>
0: the four-missioned uh, skateboarding. I'm gonna butcher this pronunciation, so forgive me. But Nishia Mom Momiji Momiji, something like that. Anyway, congrats to her. But they're 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 cleaning up with judo. Uh, they also won the the men's skateboarding. So. Uh, One other thing for China, doing good in diving. Uh, USA, though. Oh,
1: I completely forgot about diving.
0: Yeah, I guess that's, you know, happening kind of in
1: conjunction with the swimming. Because, to be honest, I haven't seen nothing out of diving. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Which is crazy.
0: I've been catching what I can. You know, it's kind of just whatever's on whenever I get a chance. Yeah. uh, Now, uh, fencing. uh, USA won gold. And the women's fencing. So I didn't
1: think about that either.
0: Lee Kiffer. And <laughs> all the silver medal uh, silver medals for the USA are also in swimming and then the bronze bunch of swimming and then men's skateboarding for the me- uh on the men's side, yeah, for the USA. So I mean, that's the medal count right now still so much more to go. Uh, I'm always looking forward to the track and field stuff. Yes. And they haven't really gotten deep into that yet i don't, I don't know how if they've even started much of that i haven't seen many medals so yeah, i
1: know uh sam Kid, sam kendrick sorry that was on the track and field team at old miss i know he's on the the uh, the men the u.s men's track and field team
0: yeah i'm gonna be keeping an eye so to see
1: how he does yeah definitely pulling for a guy sam kendrick's and that u.s men's track and field team
0: know you bolt this year whoo it's dominant man so
1: yeah yeah you better you bet you better get you some gold around your neck do your chain oh, hang
0: low you still gotta watch out for jamaica though <laughs> i don't think you'll be wearing chains while you're
1: two chains doing the
0: doing the hundred meter dash
1: oh man
0: but oh uh one story unfortunate story of course You know, USA was really, I'm not going to say expecting. Well, expectations are a good way to put it. Uh, There were high expectations for the gymnastics team for the USA. But unfortunately, uh, Simone Biles had just sort of a, had to withdraw. Uh, Seems like she wasn't 100%. And, you know, right. she she said you have to be 100% to do this. So, unfortunately, oh, no, no. she had to withdraw. And she had a rough day on that first day. And I, that yeah. may have contributed to it, at least a rough day for her, you know, because she's considered one of the best, if not the best, oh, oh, yeah. at the gymnastics. So, I, I I still think they got...
1: I heard when when the report came out earlier this morning that she... Was withdrawing from the Olympics. That previous time she was out there, she she when she landed, she landed very awkwardly. She did, and the the trainer trainer went out there to check up on her, and so of course that they went on from there, and and sure enough, like you said, Chris, not a hundred percent. When you definitely need to be, if you're competing in gymnastics, especially in the Olympics, you know, with with your with your country relying on you so much, as as especially when you stand out on your team, n- not only on your team but probably in front of the whole world. Well, yeah, as, as the best to do it and in, in your sport for sure,
0: like. Yeah, she was having issues with landing, and it's not just a matter of you don't want to like kind of bring your team down. Right. Like at that point, she's probably feeling she can do more as a as a coach and cheerleader for her team than you're yes. possibly risking pulling down their scores. But oh,
1: yeah, and you and you respect that a lot as well.
0: Yeah, and it's not just that though. I think also, I mean, I've seen. I I mean, I've watched... I'm not going to sit here and say I watch a ton of gymnastics, but I watch a decent amount, especially around the Olympics. And you've got to be able to have confidence in your landing because there's been some just gruesome injuries of these gymnasts when they're landing and land awkwardly, and knees and ankles go ways that they're not supposed to. So I'm glad she doesn't need to risk doing something like that to herself either.
1: not at all. And people that were giving her flack past couple of days man you know she's a true team player even though of course she once again she stands out on her team she's the best on her team but you know there's no selfishness there no pride there to do it for me right you now I'm, I'm gonna get mine i'm gonna get my gold medal none of that from her so obviously utmost respect for simone balls and Obviously, thoughts and prayers are with her uh in her recovery and
0: yeah i mean it's it's gotta be devastating to i mean you work for this oh, for oh yeah four for sure. years five this time because it got delayed, and yeah, you're true. not able to not able to compete, which is of course the whole goal
1: so that's yeah, and that that depressing no doubt and that that unfortunately stinks but but we wish Simone Biles the best in in her recovery and
0: well, and that uh, yeah, we wish the best for her and we, I mean, hopefully she can be back and oh yeah, you know, next next Summer Olympics and have a comeback, be strong as ever. And I mean, of course, for all these athletes, hope there's no injuries. That the nice, I love the Olympics. I the Olympics are so fun to watch to see all these athletes from all over the world doing something. I mean, I, I know that they get sponsorships and like media deals a lot of times when they're well known, but I mean, these are people voluntarily going out there and competing against people from all over the world. And it's always so fun to see it. I will watch the opening ceremony. I always enjoy that so much. And, um, uh, still got a long way to go in this and i'm just excited to see where the country is lined up and i don't know it's just it's nice to have so many people from all over the world in one place and sort of forget about some of the worldly problems for a while and just focus on sports
1: if you don't mind chris i've I've got a, a couple of couple of interesting things from the olympics that i noted on if 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 you don't mind me going through these real quick yeah sure go ahead okay and this was all in yesterday's competition throughout the olympics but the usa volleyball team went 3 for 3 yesterday Number 12, Phil DeHosser and Nicholas LaVcina won the match against number four, Allison Cerruti and Alvaro Marias Fijo. Yeah, there's some tough names. How about this story, Chris? 25-year-old Russian gymnast Arthur DeLeoian tore his Achilles three months ago Yesterday, he helped lead the Russian Olympic Committee to a gold medal.
0: Wow! Yeah, that's a quick recovery. I'd, <laughs> God, I'd be so scared. I'd like freaking tear it again. Yes. Well, I'm doing whatever. I don't think I that. I mean, that shows some of these athletes being able to come back that quick like
1: that. I mean, in just three months.
0: Yeah. When I don't, it
1: took it took Kevin Durant a full year to recover from his Achilles injury that he suffered in the NBA finals when he was a member of the Golden State Warriors. And And, then, of course, he signs that big deal with the Brooklyn Nets in the offseason, but he sat out that whole year. So, uh,
0: Well, not to cast any doubt here, but uh, I have a feeling he's going to be getting randomly tested here pretty soon, bouncing back that quickly, and especially playing for – or being a a Russian – Athlete, because the whole reason they're not able to compete under their flag this year is because of the ban. So they're they're under that Russian committee thing. Right. So he's probably going to get some scrutiny, but hopefully, yeah, hopefully he's clear. And if so, I mean, that's just incredible to be able to come back like that.
1: Yes, you will have to test him for (laughs) anabolic steroids. (laughs) Need a like Drago. Yeah. I must break you. (laughs) From Rocky Four.
0: Need to bring out some wrestling and have Rocky and Drago come out. Yeah,
1: and Rocky Four. They were shooting them up with steroids all right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Raw punching power. But, (laughs) But anyway, back to it. Number one Team USA volleyball swept number two China in straight sets yesterday.
0: Which has a pretty big win for USA. That's probably gonna be two of the top I mean, they're predicted to be the first and second in medal count, USA and China are gonna be close.
1: Oh, oh yeah. 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 They're gonna they're gonna be one and two respectively, no doubt about that, Chris. Katie Ledecki took her first place in the women's two hundred meter freestyle semifinal. And she had a chance to win her first gold medal. But, of course, as we touched on, her teammate, 17-year-old Lydia Jacoby from Alaska, ended up winning the gold later on in that that competition. So they, Team USA finished one and two, respectively, gold and silver medal there. In, in that that competition so yeah and, and swimming of course so great that was awesome to see teammates finishing one and two there for the for the us
0: yeah I'm pretty sure in uh, the men's 400 they finished first and third so they're really cleaning up those medals and and swimming
1: all right in beach volleyball team usas April ross beach and Alex Kleinman. They beat Team They beat Team Spain's, I'm sorry. Elsa Bacarizo and Lilana Fernandez in straight sets.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's the fun thing for us about some of these teams gonna be some tough names in these other countries. Even in USA.
1: All right. 6 wins and 0 losses. The US women's basketball 3 uh 3 on 3 team, they re- they remained undefeated at the Tokyo Olympics. So they are headed to the semifinals with a 21 to 19 win over China.
0: It's so bizarre yet interesting to watch that those 3 on 3 games. It's kind of like watching some pickup basketball just out side yeah. somewhere in the backyard, yeah. Like really good, yeah, yeah. And again, USA and China right there, neck and neck.
1: And I've got, I've got two more, Chris. How about your boy Luka Doncic of the Dallas Mavericks mm-hmm. went off for 48 points in his Olympic debut as he and his Slovenia team defeated Argentina 118 to 100 in the country's first ever Olympic men's basketball game.
0: Well, well, he made a big difference. Obviously he was,
1: The huge reason why there. No doubt Luka John Luka Doncic's going for 48 points, 11 rebounds, and six three pointers made. And this happened a couple of days ago, but it's certainly worth mentioning that Team USA in softball. They start 5-0 and in Tokyo and will play for a gold medal now after they walk, walked off Japan the other day. So congratulations to that USA softball team.
0: And if I recall correctly, I'm pretty sure they're playing Japan again for the gold. Yeah,
1: not a shocker so, there because we all know USA and Japan are – yeah, neck and neck, and, and and softball and, probably, and baseball. I was about to
0: say probably a repeat in baseball as well, unless a uh, uh, Latin American team sneaks in there, which is a definite possibility.
1: But that's that's all I've got, Chris. Uh, worth, worth noting and mentioning. Yeah, well, from the Olympics.
0: Well, and to add on a little bow here, speaking of softball and baseball, I wish uh, that they were going to have that consistently from now on but it sounds like it's probably not going to be back in until the olympics come back here uh i think is it eight or 12 years from now anyway until they come back to america probably not going to see baseball and softball in the olympics again which kind of frustrates me i I like baseball being in there and softball
1: i'm so ready to see the world baseball classic again Oh, yeah. I love that the World fun. Baseball Classic. Especially last time out where the, the U.S. just went on an incredible run and won the whole thing. I mean, that whole run was incredible. You know, with Adam Jones robbing the home run, dead center, mm-hmm. and just some, I mean, some clutch hitting. And then – I, I believe they they dominated whoever they played in the final. They like beat the crap out of them. What nine to nothing or dang close, yeah, close to it. But that was just that was just so fun a couple of years back. So I'm I'm definitely can't wait for the oh, next yeah. World Baseball Classic whenever that may be.
0: Yeah, I just love international play and again, U S. USA right now with twenty five medals, China with twenty one, and Japan with eighteen. Oh, before we wrap up with the Olympics, we should talk about that tropical storm that thankfully didn't hit head-on in Tokyo, but got pretty close and really messed up a lot of these outdoor schedules like archery and baseball or softball and well, anything that was outdoors, really. But one thing I thought was funny, uh, one sport that they actually moved up because of the hurricane was surfing so they'd have some major waves to, to ride on. Surf's up, dude. Yeah. It's like, all right, tropical storm. Well, we'll, ju- we'll just surf through it. It's fine. Tidal so, wave. Yeah. So uh, they did the surfing. And since I brought it up, and for the men, Brazil got gold. Uh, Ferreira. Yeah. yeah. Japan uh- got silver. Igarashi. Australian. Which makes sense, right, got <laughs> yeah. bronze. Uh, for the women's side, though, uh, USA got gold, more. All right. South Africa, Utendag, South African, got silver. Not to be mistaken for guten Tag. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what they think <laughs> of, right? <laughs> and then uh, Suzuki from Japan. Got wasn't, it wasn't.
1: It wasn't Ichiro, was it? No. <laughs> well, and this is
0: spelled T S U Z U K I. So it's ah. a little bit different, but I assume it still said like Suzuki. Oh, okay. I, mean, I guess the T is
1: silent. Well, I I misheard you then. I thought you said Suzuki. Uh, you said Tazuki. Well, Tazikis in Tupelo. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> some Greek. But yeah, so I just yeah, you wanted love to, that place. I don't. <laughs> uh, I'm want, a very picky eater, people. So
0: just it, wanted to. It happens. <laughs> mention that kind of funny story. Yeah,
1: that's really neat. That uh, or, and, and also kind of kind of hilarious in a way that you expect you expect with that coming in, okay, we're not going to yeah, we're we're just going to cancel this event. We're not going to go through it. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> considering the waves are going to be massive, we're we <laughs> it, it's it, the committee's like, "Okay, we're fixing to find out who's the best of the best yeah. of the best here." It's perfect when it when you got these extreme tidal waves going on so i mean that's obviously great that it worked out and that they were able to go through with it considering how massive those waves had had to have been during that event yeah so that's that's not only a hilarious story there but quite an awesome one as well considering You got that event just pretty much magnified. Yeah. Considering how massive the waves must have been. And
0: I have to assume looking at some pictures here, I didn't get to see it live. I'm assuming that of course they weren't like directly in the path of like all the rain and thunderstorms. I'm guessing that they were like just out of that range, but we're still getting the like probably the wind and of course wave. Oh, no doubt from wherever they were. So I guess it was just really fortunate for where they were located and planning to do the surfing. All right, well, moving on. We got the NBA draft coming up on Thursday night, so this is our last chance to really have an update going into that. So I know J-Mike has been looking into that, so what you got for me?
1: All right, Chris. Well, last podcast, which was last Friday, Friday, I know we touched on the top ten picks very quickly. If you don't mind, good sir, I'd like to run through the mock draft of the first round potential draftees on Thursday night. Okay. But to kick it off, I'd like to tell you a report that came out last night, and this is from this is from Woj. Adrian Wojnarowski mm-hmm. from ESPN. Okay, this is this is from him. So I want to make sure, sure I'm I'm crediting him. But he came out and said last night that the Detroit Pistons who own the number one pick in this year's draft. Their internal meetings are still revolving around three players for the number 1 overall pick on Thursday night. Those three players being Cade Cunningham, the guard from Oklahoma State, yeah, Jalen Green, and Evan Mobley. He goes on to say that Detroit isn't fully there yet on committing to Cunningham, which has pretty much been their their lock. On plenty of of mock drafts,
0: well, the one we looked at last week, and no doubt, and then those other two guys coincidentally were two and three on that one. So,
1: but they they haven't fully committed yet to taking him with their first overall choice. So, they but got, they got to figure it out soon, no doubt about it. But with that being said, still in mock drafts. The Pistons do have themselves taking Cade Cunningham, the guard from Oklahoma State, at number one. Okay. Houston Rockets at number two, taking Jalen Green, the shooting guard from G League Ignite. Pick number three, Cleveland Cavaliers, taking Evan Mobley, the forward slash center out of USC. Number four, the Raptors taking Jalen Suggs, the guard from Gonzaga. Magic at number five, taking Scotty Barnes, the forward from Florida State. Number six, once again, a a guy we've touched on that has risen up draft boards here lately, especially going in the top ten. Guy to look out for Thursday night, James Boonight, the shooting guard from UConn going six to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Pick number 7, Golden State Warriors, Jonathan Kuminga, the forward from G League Ignite. At number 8, the Ar- Orlando Magic. It now has them taking Franz Wag- uh, Wagner, the brother of former Michigan star, Bo Wagner, oh,
0: so that changed that a-
1: So he, yes, he he went up. He, he went up one. He went up. He did. He did go up one. So Franz, Wa- Franz Wagner, the small forward out of Michigan, to the Magic number nine. So how about this, Chris? Number nine and ten here. We touched on this last podcast about these international players yeah. mm-hmm. creeping up into the top ten. Well, two of them have done that here lately. As we fastly approach Thursday night's draft in number nine, Sacramento Kings taking Alperin Sagoon, the forward center out of Turkey. I moved up six positions. Yes. So he has now entered the top 10 in mock draft. And then another international player, and this is due to a trade that happened yesterday afternoon between the Memphis Grizzlies and the New Orleans Pelicans. So now the Grizzlies... In that trade, they trade Jonas Balanchunas, their center, to the New Orleans Hornets in exchange for center Steven Adams, guard Eric Bledsoe, the number 10 and the number 51 pick. Mm -hmm. So now, now the Grizzlies go from 17 to number 10. And at number 10, they have the Grizzlies taking guard Josh Giddy from the Adelaide 36ers in Australia. Okay, so moves him up three positions. And now, now all of a sudden you have two international players in the top 10. Yeah, just like you were talking about on Friday. All right, so... Let's keep it going here. Hornets at number 11, selecting Kai Jones, the forward center from Texas. At number 12, the Spurs taking Corey Kispert, the small forward out of Gonzaga. That's another name to, to look out for for the Memphis Grizzlies. His name has been tied to the Memphis Grizzlies as of late with that draft. I mean, excuse me, the trade going down yesterday between the Grizzlies and the Pelicans. Mm-hmm. That Definitely would make more sense than taking a guard, considering you've you've got Morant, and 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 a couple of other guards there. You you want to you want to get bigger, especially in the paint, and so that that would be a no brainer. But right now, it has the Spurs taking Corey Kispert at number twelve. At number thirteen. A guy that has risen up the draft boards, but has fall has fallen a little bit as of late. But he's still a guy that I would not be shocked come Thursday night that he he could very likely creep back up into the top ten. Mm-hmm. And that's guard Davion Mitchell from Baylor, from okay. the national champion Baylor. Yeah, well, Bears. he's
0: he's just getting shuffled
1: because of that trade. Yes, so he's moved down yes. because of that but certainly you could see him selected in the top 10. Mhm. Number 14, the Golden State Warriors selecting Chris Duarte, the shooting guard from Oregon. Oh, and
0: that has him moving up.
1: At number 15, I think this would be a great pick for the Washington Wizards, Moses Moody, the shooting guard from Arkansas. Had a incredible year in the SEC last season, especially on that, that Arkansas team that got red hot there towards the end of the season. Yeah, they were doing, they were clicking. Unfortunately played a really good game against. Well, excuse me. I I take that. Well, well, yeah, they played a really good game against LSU in the semifinal, but LSU pulled it out. And so Arkansas was so close to playing Alabama in the SEC Tournament Championship game, which would have been a classic, but that Alabama-LSU game ended up being a really good game. But
0: mm-hmm. It was a good tournament last year.
1: But Moses Moody was absolutely phenomenal and electric for the, the Woo Pigs. Number 16 has... SEC players going back to back here as the shooting guard from Tennessee, Keon Johnson, has him going to the Thunder,
0: which that's a big fall. It's eight spots. Yes, that he's
1: fallen from the last one. Yeah, and that's that was definitely to be expected because he he was a guy that you kind of figured he might he might want to come back to Tennessee for another year. Mm -hmm. and develop develop more there but he decided to to enter the draft and and of course as you just stated chris he has he has fallen of late but it's it's no surprise there at all all right the pelicans at number 17 once again via the trade with the memphis grizzlies have them taking trey murphy the forward out of virginia Yet again, another first-round pick for the Thunder at number 18, as it has them taking Jalen Johnson, the forward from Duke. Pick number 19, the Knicks taking Isaiah Jackson, center, out of Kentucky. The Hawks taking Zaire Williams with the 20th pick, the small forward out of Stanford. Number 21, another first-round pick for the New York Knicks, is it has them taking Usman Garuba, the forward center from Real Madrid, Spain, not to be confused with the Real Madrid soccer team once again. (laughs) Number 22, the Los Angeles Lakers taking shooting guard Cameron Thomas out of LSU. Number 23, the Rockets. Well, actually, I need to say this, back-to-back picks here for the Rockets. 23 and 24 which
0: even though it's at the bottom of the
1: first round it's still pretty nice but it has rockets at 23 taking check out this name Bones Highland cool the name. shooting guard at a VCU
0: sounds like a bad guy in a film of something like an action film or something
1: what a basketball name there yeah
0: doesn't quite beat uh what well, was it? Kicking stallion? Yeah, chief, kicking, chief kicking stallion. Out. That's an awesome name.
1: And who did he play for? The Troy Trojans, I think.
0: Was it Troy or Alabama State? It was somebody. It was some, maybe it was Alabama. It was some State. small Alabama school.
1: Yeah, yeah, maybe it was Alabama State. But, but yeah, I'll never forget that name. Oh my gosh, that was that was an awesome name. <laughs> but that. Bones Highland man. That's that, close. That's good. Wow, what a name there. And then at number 24, the Rockets from the world champion Milwaukee Bucks when the Bucks traded okay. when the when the Bucks traded PJ or excuse me, when the Rockets traded PJ Tucker. Okay. That Defeated, remember he defeated all of his former players in each round. Yep. His former Houston Rockets teammates in every round of the playoffs. Right. So in that trade with the Bucks, the Rockets get to pick at number twenty four as well. Has them taking another shooting guard, this time from Alabama in Joshua Primo.
0: Also a pretty cool name we got Bones and primo.
1: Number 25 this cat right here Chris, he had an incredible freshman year at Auburn. Unfortunately he got he got hurt at a bad time but my gosh he just he put on a show for the Auburn Tigers. And that is Sharif Cooper. It has him being taken at 25. What a pickup that would be for the Los Angeles Clippers, Mm -hmm. considering uncertainty with Rajon Rondo. Do they bring him back or not? Should I stay or should I go? So, obviously, couldn't go wrong there if Sharif Cooper falls into their lap. Pick number 25. Pick number 26, the Nuggets taking another key cog off of the national champion Baylor Bears squad in guard, Jared Butler. Mm -hmm. And to round out the the, the last couple of picks here, Chris, 27, the Nets taking Dayron Sharp, center out of North Carolina. 28, 76ers taking Trey Mann. Guard from Florida. Not to be confused with Terrence Mann. <laughs> yeah. The guard with the Clippers that had an incredible playoffs. Yeah. Close name, though. And also the reason why I say that, too, Chris, is Terrence Mann played at Florida State. Oh, wow. And this kid played at Florida. It's like He's coincidence coming out of Florida. Of
0: coincidence.
1: So that's why I want to set the record straight there. The Western Conference champion, Phoenix Suns, at number 29, taking guard Jaden Springer from Tennessee. And at pick number 30, Utah Jazz has them selecting Quentin Grimes, the MVP of that Houston Cougar team that made it to the Final Four in March Madness. The shooting guard there, so it has the Jazz taking Quentin Grimes there with the last pick in the first round. Okay. So there you have it, well, with a look at you know what to what to look for in Thursday's draft. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, we, we I, have we have seen guys rise and climb, but
0: yeah, there's been some some pretty big moves in just this past few days, but the team. I'm going to be looking at, and I'm sure a lot of people will. I mean, the Rockets got three picks in that first and the round. And Thunder as well. Yeah. Oh, and the that's a good call. Yes, I actually Ro- forgot about that. Yes, yeah.
1: I, I have it here in my notes, Chris. Rockets and Thunder, three picks in the first round.
0: Yeah, the Rockets are at 2, 23, and 24. The yes. Thunder are 6, 16, and 18. So, yeah, yes. Thunder... Maybe even more so, uh those and teams have gotta take advantage of this and really turn things around. I mean they can make a huge difference to to their team with uh, potentially
1: get three big pieces and i I'll, I'll tell you this too, Chris, considering the thunder have those three picks, there was a rumor that circulated either yesterday or a couple of days ago, that the the Thunder really like Cade Cunningham.
0: I oh, so was like, they could try to
1: trade up? Exactly. There was a rumor that the Thunder had offered Gil just a- Alexander, the Ford on the Oklahoma City Thunder, Mm-hmm. That's been, that's been incredible for them. Incredible young players. They offered him in a trade to the, the, the Pistons. That is they offered him. And I believe the number six pick for the, for the number one overall pick and the, the Pistons turned it down. So, so I understand that at the top of this, I, I mentioned that they have yet to really commit to who they're picking, but if that don't give you a clue, I don't know what else will. That
0: makes you think that they at least feel pretty confident. That they want Cunningham
1: at number one. So that's definitely something that might possibly come back around by Thursday or, or during the draft Thursday night. But I don't expect that to happen. I, I do think that Cade Cunningham is an absolutely lock to go number one to the Detroit Pistons, and also there's also been some other trade ideas that have been flo- floated out there. Also, don't be surprised if, if if you see some trade action going on during this year's draft, but. But obviously, that's all I have. As I hope that that gets you somewhat ready for Thursday night's NBA draft, seven o'clock Thursday night on ESPN.
0: All right. Well, moving on in the continued saga uh, happening in the NFL right now, the between the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers. I'm sure yeah,
1: that's the that's been the biggest NFL story all summer long.
0: Yeah, it's uh, by far. Yeah, by far, been the biggest off season thing. Uh, but it sounds like Green Bay and Rodgers are close to working out an agreement to keep him there for at least this season that's coming up. So, some of the uh, concessions that Green Bay has made.
1: Yeah, and it's not peanuts and Cracker Jacks.
0: <laughs> no, it's not the fun concessions. <laughs> or popcorn. Uh, candy. So, first, the 2023 year in the contract with Aaron Rodgers, the last one in the deal that he has would be voided uh, with no tags allowed in the future. So, basically, just gets Rodgers out of the contract a year early. Yes. Uh, also I said, the Packers would agree to review Roger's situation at the end of the season, which if his contract's going to be up anyway, then, you know, pretty soon, then they're going to have to <laughs> review it anyway. Cause yeah. he'll be coming up soon after that anyway. So yeah, that kind of goes hand in hand. Um, uh, rogers contract to be adjusted with no loss of income to give the packers more cap room now so that kind of helps i guess both parties a bit but packers get some more cap room which yes could help them get some pieces to maybe satisfy rogers
1: which they had chris they had a golden opportunity to do that yeah that was so weird julio jones wanted out of atlanta yeah you had an opportunity to acquire him to go along with Devonte Adams.
0: Well, then, and I forgot, to And they
1: also could have drafted Elijah Moore. That's what I was about to say. They had a chance. Slot receiver out of Ole Miss. Just imagine, had they pulled off a trade to get Julio Jones, there you have, on on the perimeter there, Jones and Adams. Yeah. That's a match made in heaven. And then you put Elijah Moore in the slot? Are you kidding me?
0: Yeah, that's that's where I thought Man. you were going at first. In the draft, they had a chance to, even if they didn't and, get Moore, some wide receiver. but
1: Yeah, and instead they pick a DB.
0: Yeah. Which I know defense is important, but, you know, <laughs> that's not going to help keep Rodgers, probably, unless he wanted a, <laughs> a DB, and, and which I doubt.
1: Especially not, you know. Keeping him happy, yeah. Because that that's that's mainly what what all what this all boils down to is just not just not happy there, which is very understandable. Because I've I've been at places before in my life where where I I didn't feel very happy and appreciated and wanted, and I ended up getting out of it. So I I definitely understand where Aaron Rodgers is coming from. But oh, yeah. they, they had a golden opportunity, Chris, during the offseason to add those two receivers in particular that, in my honest opinion, would have made them Super Bowl favorites over Tampa Bay and Kansas City.
0: A big, considering, big swing.
1: considering the weapons they would have on offense and then also you've got Aaron Jones at running back Mm -hmm. who has done an incredible job at Green Bay because when you normally think of the Green Bay Packers you don't think of a great running game but now that you do with Aaron Jones as he's done a remarkable job with the Packers but yeah but obviously and and I saw this morning, Chris, where Aaron Rodgers did report to training camp. Which was... So he has he has arrived at, at training camp. Which is a big part
0: of this, was to try to get him to be there. Yes, for and that. he has. Because you want your star quarterback to be there for and he has, training camp. Oh, and the final thing here, it says mechanisms will be put in place to address his concerns with the team. I mean, that's very vague. It just sounds like you're going to try to make him happy, which... I mean, you were touching on this. I mean, if your star player, especially quarterback, isn't happy, then you're not going to be winning anything substantive. So, Oh, yeah, and
1: he's he's one of the best in the league. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. When, when I think of the top three quarterbacks, Chris, I think of Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and Pat Mahomes. Those are the top three quarterbacks in the National Football League. Uh, but yeah, I agree with that top three as well. And
0: I mean, if the Packers can't perform with
1: Rodgers,
0: that's just crazy. It just shows and, dysfunction. And
1: they're they're in a such a weak division, Chris. Yeah, where the the Lions are starting over as they tr- as they dealt Matthew Stafford to the Los Angeles Rams for their former quarterback Jared Goff. So now Jared Goff takes the reins in Detroit. They're in they're in a definite rebuild. So you don't expect nothing there. Minnesota Vikings are the threat with the Green Bay Packers, mm-hmm. but they're they are so roller coaster ride. It's just unbelievable yeah. every year it seems. They have
0: to drive their fans crazy because it's like you and, never know what they're going to be. Yes,
1: and, and the same can be said with their quarterback, Kirk Cousins. He goes on the roller coaster ride every every season it seems where they they either make the playoffs as a wild card team or they're just barely under five hundred. mm Mm-hmm. Like you know, a seven and nine team or yeah. something like that, but then you've got the Bears, and they have an interesting quarterback battle that's fixing to begin because people training NFL training camp started today, and their the Bears quarterback battle is Andy Dalton versus Justin Fields, the quarterback that they took. In the first round. Mm -hmm. And so, obviously, Fields, in my opinion, is the favorite. But, of course, you've got the Bears brass coming out and saying, you know, look, we didn't sign Andy Dalton for him to sit on the bench early going. He's our starter. But I'm here to tell you, this is not Cincinnati, okay? This is Chicago. They are definitely – in win now mode. And it's especially win now for Matt Nagy, because this is his do or die year in Chicago. Yeah. Well it's gonna where it very well could be his last if he if he doesn't make the right right coaching decisions, right moves, and especially is going to start at quarterback. But obviously Justin Fields is going to be your guy yeah, very think, very
0: early. Well I think it's gonna be in Fields lap to kind of dictate how that how he performs in training camp and preseason he has a chance i think to get it but it sounds like the organization's default is oh dalton has it but yeah if if he really performs well he could definitely i think snag that
1: job yes and you matt Nagy, does not want to make the same mistakes he did with mitchell trubisky not one bit we just got him in this this mess that he's that he's at right now. Mm-hmm. So he obviously is going to need to go to fields early. If if Dalton is struggling out of the gate, which I believe is to be expected in it, and it will happen, I'm guaranteeing that right now. But this is the Packers division; they have owned yeah. this division since Rogers. Took the reins in Green Bay, and so it's it's their division. Well, and it's it's but, imperative
0: for the for the Packers also because I mean they're not really in a position now to rebuild. Oh, they're not. So they need to at least delay they're this not. another year or two to see you know if they can if they can't win it this next year or two they're gonna have to really look deep inwards and figure yes. out, do they want to try to like somehow trade for another top quarterback and keep plugging in pieces that way or just start over and rebuild and try to yes. be there in
1: three or four years' time? Because let, let's be real. Two NFL drafts ago, they made a awful selection when they took the – quarterback Jordan Love in the first round instead of getting Aaron Rodgers some protection mm-hmm. up front or or getting him another receiver then with everything going on and it's crazy because deep down you knew he was going to come back at some point was it going to be late you bet and it was where he arrived just as training camp started. Had a golden opportunity to pick, either pick Elijah Moore there, and I think it was, what was it, pick number 28? Yeah, or pick number 27, and they didn't do it, they selected a a DB. Or they could have traded that number one pick to Tennessee and gotten Julio Jones. To yep. go along with Devontae Adams, which would have given you a lethal combo there. And so once again, the the Packers just just being very, very boneheaded. Which is weird when, because when they, they knew they knew that they were going to get Aaron Rodgers back for this season. Yeah, what? I know they knew it. A lot of fans knew it. A lot of People like you and myself, Chris, that 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 love sports, that talk sports, and you know that's that's what we do. We had we had a good feeling that he was going to play in Green Bay this year, so you know why not? Why not get you get you a wide receiver there, either draft it or or trade the pick to Tennessee.
0: Well, and it's weird to me they're having these issues because, I mean, normally the Packers are such a well-run organization like the transition between Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers was about as seamless as you could make something like that be.
1: Yes, but that, there was also some animosity there as and well from from Brett Favre true. and that's you know, true. The GM and, and and ownership as well. So this, this maybe. Maybe a slight replay of that. Exactly, mm-hmm. it ha- it has come full circle. That's right. So mm-hmm. it's now happening with with Rogers, and I'm here to tell you, Chris, it was the same. It, it's the same situation as it was with with Favre. Is Favre, Favre was playing incredible, but he didn't. He didn't. Ha- he didn't have a lot of. He didn't have a lot of guys to to rely on. And and still played well. Same thing's going on with Aaron Rodgers right now. But Aaron Rodgers is actually being vocal about it. Hey man, I need help. We've got we've got a Super Bowl caliber team here. I just I need some more pieces to a championship puzzle. And once again, their organization has made boneheaded decision after boneheaded decision which has gotten them to this point right now with, with with Aaron Rodgers. So it definitely has come full circle again, and it, it's unfortunate, but obviously we'll see where it goes from here. But Aaron Rodgers is now with the Green Bay Packers as he has finally and officially reported to training camp.
0: Well, as always, we're gonna finish up with the random page of the day, and we have a pretty fun one today. It's all the way back from August 1st, 1934. Wow. Yeah. We got the... Well, first of all, let me say this was a close game for most of it. It was a quick close game. It was an hour, 49 minutes. (laughs) It's fast, man.
1: That don't happen anymore.
0: No, in front of 10,000 people at Wrigley Field... Yeah, buddy. Yeah, packed house. I'm sure at the time, but Cardinals got four runs in the top of the eighth, and that's how the the thing finished. Four to nothing. Cardinals yeah. win. And actually, at the moment of this game, the Cubs had a better record. They had 58 wins, 39 losses. The Cardinals, 56 wins, 40 losses. But moving forward in the season, the Cardinals would finish first in the National League and win the World Series. 4 games to 3 over the tigers so
1: yeah with with help of a mississippian yeah Stan stand Stan that's that's right and uh
0: also another famous i mean uh dizzy dean was on this team
1: An- another mississippian yeah. yes
0: on this but this game paul dean his brother was the winning pitcher pitched the complete game so just,
1: uh, how about that? <laughs> yeah. How about that? You Family got affair in Mississippians showing out on the St. Louis Cardinals. And, and it's, it's very ironic too, because Dizzy Dean would later be traded to the Chicago Cubs. And I just want to point this out from ironically enough, it's been, it's been about two months now, Chris, but I went one weekend. I, I finally was able to go to the Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame Museum oh. down in Jackson. Nice. Yeah, I haven't been there in and, years. It's a cool place. Oh, but. my gosh. It's outstanding. Yeah. I, I recommend our listeners on the podcast that are big sports fans especially being from mississippi to go check it out sometime they've
0: probably added some like nice new modern stuff in there too since i went because i was a little kid
1: but they 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 definitely have a have a great exhibit but i want i want to go through the trade if you don't mind chris okay with with dizzy dean Said right here, the baseball world and admiring Dizzy Dean fans were surprised by an announcement from St. Louis that Dizzy had been sold to the Chicago Cubs for $185,000 and three players. Wow. Dizzy, after enjoying six years with 141 wins and 75 defeats with the Cardinals, expressed optimism about his future with the Cubs. After meeting the Cub team and officials, Dizzy remarked, I tell you, folks, them Cubs are swell people. <laughs> Very
0: like they're early gen- 20th century dialogue going on there.
1: Then he says, they're gentlemen's. <laughs> On another occasion, Dizzy quipped, "These Cubs, what a ball club!" <laughs> so I, I thought I would, I thought I would uh, throw that in there. Let's see. Also to note with Dizzy Dean's time with the Cubs, says right here. A record spring crowd of thirty four thousand five hundred and twenty fans packed Wrigley Field for Dizzy's successful debut as a Cub. He followed up with a four hit, five nothing victory over his former teammates.
0: Oh, nice! How Stoked about the rivalry that? there?
1: More, more irony here, which is why I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to bring this up over his former teammate, but his arm gave him a great deal of trouble for the remainder of the year, unfortunately, and led to the end of his brilliant career.
0: Yeah, I was about to say his first year there in Chicago had a one point eight one ERA, had a good year, but it kind of kinda of fell off a cliff after that. Next year three point three six and then nineteen forty five point one seven. 5.17. his, so.
1: his four year record with the Cubs was sixteen wins and eight losses. From nineteen thirty eight until his retirement in nineteen forty one. And I I, I love I love this here. PK Wrigley, of course, owner of the Chicago Cubs at the time, hence the name of Wrigley Field. Mm-hmm. He said, When we bought Dean, we were not thinking in terms of his arm alone. He said that he had other qualities which made him just as valuable. He has spirit, he has a fine sense of morale, and he loves baseball whether he's pitching or not. A player of Dean's type is a real asset to any team. And I just wanted to... Throw throw this in there as well, considering it, it ties with your team and my team here. Uh-huh. And that was the nineteen thirty-eight World Series between the Cubs and the Yankees. Oh, yeah. But it was the second game of the nineteen thirty-eight series, which was the most eventful in Dizzy Dean's career, relying mainly on determination, pitching skill, and a big heart. Dizzy held the Yankees until the eighth inning, but he lost a heartbreaker 6 to 3. One sports writer said that he assumed greatness in the defeat because the fans knew the odds against him and granted him a popularity that he had never known in triumph. His brave effort in the series, which the Yankees won in four straight, and his class throughout the disturbing 38 season led the baseball writers of Philadelphia to name Dizzy the most courageous athlete of the year.
0: Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it's like a fan favorite for sure. So I wanted to
1: throw a little bit of history after his career in St. Louis ended, but with, with, you know, my favorite team, the Chicago Cubs. And plus... We we touched on two eighth inning collapses. I I will say this till I'm dead and buried: the eighth inning is the most important inning in a professional or any baseball game. There is the eighth inning is absolutely yeah crucial and critical. It seems anything to- <laughs> and everything can happen in the eighth inning. It seems like it. Well,
0: and I want to touch on his brother and this real will quick. Not,
1: and this will not be the last time I say it on this show either, Chris. And to our listeners, so be prepared for me saying that a lot as the summer of baseball is getting going here, and we're going, we're, we're really going to start diving into baseball coverage here oh, pretty yeah. soon. Yeah. But I just wanted to, I just wanted to say that because yeah, it seems like it. I fully believe that, and it's actually the God's honest truth.
0: Well, and maybe partly because people are trying to kind of just. Get me over the eighth to get to their closer in the ninth. Yeah. So something about that eighth inning. But he, but uh, uh, looking at his brother Paul, uh, he was pitching in this game. He stayed with the Cardinals till nineteen through nineteen thirty nine, and then in nineteen forty, okay. he goes to the New York Giants. <laughs> uh,
1: it's just it, it's crazy. There's a lot of St. Louis, Chicago, New York. Well, and then interesting all
0: into one. Interestingly enough, he finished his career in 1943 with the St. Louis Browns, so he goes back to <laughs> oh St. Louis just to go with the Browns. But yeah. uh, something else I didn't know actually the the Dean brothers were born in Lucas, Arkansas. But I guess yeah, that's right. That's right. I guess uh, Dizzy moved to Mississippi at some point because yes. he's buried here i think yes. paul stayed in arkansas he's he's
1: he died in springdale so let me still let me see if i still have any of that quite possibly from the from the museum when i went i don't think i do
0: while you're looking at that i'll say this uh cardinals just had a great overall hitting day uh they had one, two, three, four, five, six players have one hit each, and that was all their hits, but they got them off in a row. So they had three straight RBIs with Rothrick, Frisch, and Medwick, who got three of those uh, runs for the Cardinals, and then somewhere in there was a unearned run for the Cubs. They also had only players with one hit. They had one, two, three, four, five players with just one hit. Yeah, but they weren't able to push any runs across the plate.
1: I do not. I do not have it. I I, I, I do remember seeing that though, mm-hmm. in the museum. But I I don't have it. But I, I will say this. I n- I know that his nineteen thirty-four World Series ring is there at the museum in that, uh, that Dizzy Dean cool exhibit. So it is on display for for people to see. Also has his Hall of Fame ring at the museum, his Hall of Fame label pin. <laughs> Ironically enough, a lighter from the world champion 1934 St. Louis Cardinal team. <laughs> huh. And let's see. Most valuable player award in 1934. And this is really, I thought this was really interesting too, Chris. You'll have a kick out of this. But there is a there's a plaque in his exhibit says the All-America Board of Baseball where he was he was named to the All-American baseball team in 1935 and you won't believe who presented this to him George H Babe Ruth oh chairman Chairman of the All America Board of Baseball. How about that? I I never I never knew that. Wonder I what never, year that was. It was it was nineteen thirty five. Nineteen thirty five. Okay. I had no idea that he was like on the. He was the chairman of that. Yeah. I wonder how that long board. that lasted. That that's sounds, that's pretty dang cool. too. Yeah. Once again, some more. You know, St. Louis Cardinal, New York Yankee.
0: Well, they they too, they have such a rich history, both of them. One thing to touch on real quick, I guess the other, of course, Dizzy Dean Hall of Famer, some of the other Hall of Famers uh, on the Cardinals team, Leo DeRucher.
1: Yes, yeah. Yeah, that, that name definitely comes to mind.
0: Yeah, and I think I kind of mispronounced But anyway. No, <laughs> Frankie,
1: I, I, I I believe that's exactly how you pronounce it, Chris. Okay. I think you did an exceptional job. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> uh, Frankie Frisch. Burleigh Grimes. Walter Cronkite. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh,
0: Jesse Haynes. Frank Sinatra. <laughs> Joe Medwick and Dazzy Vance, which is a fun name. Start singing
1: New York, New York. Yeah. Yeah, I, I want to be a part of it. I'm trying to remember where I remember Leo York, DeRocher. Leo. That's familiar to me as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like his his name... It's one of those, you know, that always. Duh, that's where I know him. He was
0: he was on a lot of those. uh, He was on some of those really early twenties Yankees teams. Yes, Uh, he got traded away or moved. He 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 went to Cincinnati in nineteen thirty. So he was a big part of those early Yankees teams. That's right, number seven. Okay, and then for the Cubs, we got. Four Hall of Famers. Kiki Quailer. Okay. Gabby Hartnett, Billy Herman, Chuck Klein.
1: Yep. Chuck Klein. Yeah, yep. Chuck Klein is yep. I recognize that, him. Yeah, that's a name that's a name that that I recognize as well.
0: So yeah, fun two really good teams. Cardinals just edged out a little bit better that year in the national league and yeah ended up winning the World Series. Uh, fun matchup
1: with uh oh, yeah. great teams also some great history there as well that sure. that I, I I definitely wanted to point out considering my favorite team was also not only involved with this this game of the day that you brought up Chris but also had had a lot to do on the history side of acquiring Dizzy Dean and he ultimately pitched for the Chicago Cubs in the 19, eight, 1938 World Series against the against the New York Yankees and of course they yeah. they lost lost all four games but that's just that's just incredible to to see where a incredible talent like Dizzy Dean played for your favorite team way back when and he's he's etched in baseball history and and so it 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 certainly was was worth mentioning and bringing it up here today during this segment but that it's just very very cool yeah
0: well that's cool that cool that you uh you brought that up that's the fun part of going to these random pages and just seeing
1: what pops up oh i love it man I, i it's arguably my favorite segment that we do on the, on the show here.
0: Yeah. We never know where it's going to take us. So, but today it took us again to August 1st, 1934 Cardinals beating the Cubs four to nothing.
1: Yeah. And the year that the St. Louis Cardinals and Dizzy Dean won the world series.
0: Can't forget about his brother
1: (laughs) on there too. Yeah. And how about that? And, 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 uh, Fellow Mississippian, Stan Musial.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, that'll do us for episode twelve of Sport Fanatics. You got any th- last words, J. Mike? Well,
1: I'd like to give a shout out. Even though this guy was traded last night, but and and we only had him for you know half pretty much half of half a season, but I wanted to. Wanted to shout out former Cub relief pitcher Andrew Chafin, the left-hander, left-handed reliever, I should say, who was traded late last night to the Oakland Athletics for number nine prospect in the A's farm system, Greg Dykeman, who actually is a former LSU Tiger of his own right. Mm-hmm. If, if you if you have kept up with SEC baseball the past few years definitely you will remember the name Greg Dykeman for sure I know I did as soon as the name popped up I said yeah he played at LSU and I remember one of my one of my Twitter buddies who actually lives in Miami or he he lives in Florida I should say but he's a big cub fan and he he and I interact a good bit on Twitter he was he was asking reporters on twitter questions about him like how good is he and how has he been doing up to this point and i just responded well i know without a shadow of a doubt he played his college ball at lsu and he of course liked it and kind of went back at me with a laugh out loud (laughs) at least you know at least we got an sec guy or something like that but also in the deal daniel palencia Number 12 prospect from the A's goes to, sh- to the Chicago Cubs in this deal. But I wanted to shout out Andrew Chafin for an incredible job that he did in the Cubs bullpen because this year's Cubs bullpen, even though they haven't had the season that myself or other Cub fans had envisioned or hoped for, the bullpen actually was the bright spot this season Mm, okay, for once and and which the cubs never have a bullpen the cubs always have the starting pitching but they don't have the bullpen hence they traded five prospects which the anniversary was just the other day and i remember tagging you in this but of when the cubs acquired or rolled as chapman the Mm. closer from the new york yankees right who ultimately helped the Cubs win their first World Series championship in 108 years, so that helped a long way. But they had to overuse him because he was he was their guy. He was the guy that that always that, that got it done, and nobody else really stepped up. And so this year, it felt like if 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 they could keep their hitting going, then everything looked very promising but fortunately that has not happened at, as the cubs are i believe now 2 games below 500 and they have fallen out of the national league central and national league wildcard races this is only the be- this trade right here is only the beginning to moves major moves for the cubs organization that are going to happen at the tread deadline that are going to make me very uh very sad and depressed a little bit considering yeah, this fine. is the last this is going to be the last couple of days that you get to see of the remaining members of the two historical two thousand and sixteen World Series championship team in Chicago. But I just wanted to start start off by shouting out Andrew Chaffin and the job that he did in, in in just half of half a season as he let's see he had a 2.09 earn run av- average for the for the Cubs in 39.1 innings pitched and he also I can't remember how many how many consecutive games it was. I know it was double digit games but I can't remember the exact amount but he had he had a streak of double digit games where he hadn't even allowed a single earned run wow okay and so he was very impressive definitely not the not the last bullpen arm from the Cubs to be traded here before or at the deadline for sure it's the start of the wave yeah unfortunately uh so it's a time that i'm not looking forward to but i certainly appreciate a guy like him for signing with the cubs i know the fans have welcomed him with open arms he he has a great he has a great twitter page i, I might add he's got this incredible mustache as a lot of cub fans and a lot of baseball fans know and he loves to wear these shirts that obvious shirts sends him one of them being one of my favorite quotes from him. I'm a failed starter. <laughs> <laughs> Cause you know, he's, he's such a great reliever now yeah. and I, you know, he'd always have that blue shirt in in white lettering that says I'm a failed starter on it. So I always had a kick out of that. I'm trying to remember the other one real quick. Well, I I can't remember the other one, but yeah, that one, that one all the Good time. sense of humor stuck out to me. But yeah, I, you know, we're we're greatly going to miss him. Certainly appreciate what he did for the Cubs in half of the season, and maybe maybe it's not going to be too much of a a rebuild and, and and maybe he can end up finding his way back to Chicago, but he has truly embraced the the fan base for sure. And he's certainly one of the guys that I didn't want to see go, but you obviously knew it was going to happen. So shout out to Andrew Chafin. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And I'm sure there's going to be some more, shout outs on, on Friday's Friday show that uh, it's going to make me very very sad sad to say it but I, I I certainly won't and of course he was Andrew Chafin was not on the World Series team but these guys that are fixing to get traded from the 2016 team they're always going to hold a special place in in my heart and and every other cup fan's heart for what they were able to accomplish.
0: Well, naturally, yeah, it makes, they,
1: and it's certainly going to be tough seeing them go to other teams, but you you knew, you knew the time was coming and the time is here, unfortunately, and it is what it is. It's a business at the end of the day, but certainly want to commend them for, for what they've done for not only the city of Chicago, but for the fan base as well, giving us a historical championship that not a lot of us ever thought we'd see the day in which it would happen, mm-hmm. but they, they were able to do it back in 2016. So I just wanted to shout out Andrew Chafin.
0: All right. Well, I don't really have a specific Shout out or last thing to touch on, I guess I'll just say thank you to the listeners. So shout out to you for for listening and
1: yes, thank you guys yeah, so much. Being we a part de- of this, and definitely appreciate you for tuning in to the show. Yeah, thank every y'all. every time we come out with a new episode for you guys.
0: Where can they? Well, you can catch the podcast on Sport Fanatics. At Sport Fanatics on Twitter, spelled just like yes. the show. What about you, J. Mike?
1: And I'm I'm thinking. I'm, I'm sorry, Chris. I'm I'm thinking now that I have the the login credentials. I'm I'm thinking about doing some some draft coverage. Okay. Quite possibly, yeah, if that's okay with you yeah, on Thursday night. Of course. Go if for I'm it. not if I'm not, you know, too tired or wound up or whatever. Mm-hmm. But. So yeah, I mean, if you if if you want to keep up with the NBA draft but you're you're on the road perhaps and you're not able to listen, listen to it while you're driving and there's certainly not a TV set in front of you or or anywhere near you and you definitely want to keep up with draft coverage, follow us on Sport Fanatics and I will break down what's happening as each pick is being selected for you on our Twitter page. So once again, please follow us at Sport Fanatics on Twitter mm-hmm. as I will provide draft coverage for you guys on Thursday night. But you can you can add me as a friend on Facebook. My name is John Michael McBunch. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter. I have the same handle. It is at JR underscore mic check. So please feel free to follow us on sport fanatics on Twitter and follow me on social media as well. I love sports. I love talking about sports. I love interacting with people about sports, anything to do with it. Mm-hmm. And so if you love sports just as much as I do, man, please, Feel free to follow me on social media. Where can they find you at, Chris? Oh,
0: I'm I'm just on Twitter, Christopheles 11 uh, ChrisTopholes11. That's my at, and so that's where you can find me. Um. So again, thank y'all for listening this week. Follow the show and us on social media. Y'all have a good week. It's Tuesday. Got a lot of week to go. Make sure it's a good one. I'm gonna be catching those Olympics. So, absolutely. Yeah. But y'all take care. See you Friday.